Hey, everybody, welcome to What's Up with Pastor Chuck. And we are, I am super excited. I'm going to call this our first Christmas podcast of 2020. <laughs> I feel like, does anybody else feel like when you word, use the words 2020, you're cussing? <laughs> I think some people do, but hey, it's almost over. But one of the dreams we have as a church is to make Christmas extra special this year. Not just special, but extra special. So if you're not aware of it, one of the things we're doing as a church is we have put together an Advent devotional uh, journal. It's kind of a journal devotional um, so that we can all go through the 25 days of Advent together. And so we would love for you to get one of these. There's still time. You get it at Amazon.com. We start November 29th this year going through it. Uh, and then every day we think about Jesus in one particular way or another, and it keeps our focus on Christ. So this makes Christmas far more meaningful. And so we want you to, if you're single, do that with your friends, all uh, the single people out there. Uh, if you are married, make sure uh, and do that as a family or with other couples. And, and also, by the way, for children, uh, we're making available an Advent kind. It, it, it's, it's a way of doing Advent. Uh, and so what you do, my mom used to do this with my sister and I, every day you open up one of these drawers and uh, there's a treat inside, but also we want to have you take your children through the 25 days of Advent, looking at everything we look at together so that we can have, again, a very Merry Christmas, a very special Christmas together. So uh, we want to be able to do that. Uh, so we're giving you a heads up on purpose. And then also today, I'm really excited. We're going to have a special guest on, uh, Michael Kakish. And uh, I cannot wait for you to hear from him because Michael pretty much every year, I'm not sure if it's going to happen this year, has been a part of worshiping the Lord in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. I want you to think about that. What would it be like to worship the Lord on Bethlehem or in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve, right in front of the church of uh, the nativity, where uh, is a spot where they're pretty sure Jesus was probably born there um, based on a lot of archeological and historical evidence. No one knows for sure, uh, but, it, but it's probable. This is one of those probable things. And Michael was the first person to take Pam and I and some of the Crossroads family there. So we got to see it with him and hear about it with him through his eyes. So you're about to hear from him too. Um, but I want you to think about this uh, uh, prophecy that was given in Micah chapter five, verse two. It says, but as for you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you, one will go forth from me to be the ruler in Israel. His goings forth are from long ago from the days of eternity. Therefore, he will give them up until the time when she who is in labor has born a child. Then the remainder of his brethren will return to the sons of Israel, and he will arise and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will remain, because at that time he will be great to the ends of the earth. This one will be our peace." And uh, it would be uh, uh, hundreds of years later, hundreds and hundreds of years later, that a star would appear in the sky over Bethlehem. And uh, what happened is the wise men from the east would travel to see the child that was promised, not only in this passage, but in other passages. And when they showed up, they said, where is he born? And the, the scribes pulled out Micah chapter 5, verses 2 to 5, and said, this prophecy says he'll be born in Bethlehem. And, and he was. Uh, 
prophecy came true, the promise fulfilled. And you know what? When you walk the streets of Bethlehem today, you can sense it. I think you can sense it anyway. And so uh, we want you to hear about that from someone who lives in that country. So get ready. I'm about to have him come on. Michael Kakish is a pastor in Ramallah, which is the capital of Palestine. Uh, Michael and his wife, Jackie, are pastoring and mentoring uh, with his father and mother, Munir and Sharon, who are just heroes of the faith, all four of them. And uh, it's just really great to have uh, people who love Jesus so much and from the Holy Land uh, to be with us. Uh, if you ever get to go to Israel, you'll get to meet Michael and his family, which will bless you to no end. And you'll get to meet an incredible church that they pastor. So right now, I want to welcome Michael Kakish as he comes on. Hey, Michael, welcome. Hey, Pastor Shock. Thanks for having me. Hey, we, I feel like we're really good friends and it's been quite a few years. It has. I, I remember the first trip you were out here and I, I was still kind of learning a little bit of the sites. And uh, at the same time, and then year after year with the church coming out and having the groups uh, come and do VBS at the church has been phenomenal. And just meeting everybody has, has been a great experience. So we've really enjoyed partnering with you. Yeah, I want to talk about some of our first times together. But before I do, um, I think it's, uh, you know, we we love your church. We love you. We love your church. We uh, feel like we're partners with you guys. Um, but you're the last evangelical church in the area you're in, right? Yeah, and, and there are evangelical churches uh, in the West Bank, in Bethlehem, and in different areas. In Ramallah, we are a, the only evangelical Arabic-speaking church uh, right now. And um, we have um, mainly... Um, or weekly services that we're carrying throughout the week with Sunday school programs and youth events and youth programs and our, our main services. But yeah, we are the, uh, the one of the only future, well, only one in Ramallah, but uh, we do have other local churches around the area. Now, there are times I know that you guys have been persecuted. It hasn't been physical necessarily, but it's been very real. Um, do you feel that tension um, now or not? You know, there's persecution uh, all around the world and that, that we see and I, that we hear from a lot of missionaries and people serving in, in difficult places. Um, we are a minority in the West Bank. Now, you're talking about less than uh, 2% Christians that are left in this area. Um, with that being said, um, we, we, don't, we still have the freedom uh, to preach the gospel, uh, to hold our services. Um, we're not limited in that capacity from that way. So we're very thankful for that. So the, the hardcore persecution that sometimes we hear about, we are not facing at this moment, but things do change and develop uh, throughout times. And But we're very thankful for the peace that we have right now that God has provided for us to be able to serve in this area. Yeah. And then you are one of the churches that gets Operation Christmas Child boxes, right? We are. Uh, and I was, in fact, on the board uh, with them uh, here uh, for the West Bank and for Israel. And it was a privilege to really work with local communities and churches to pass out the gifts. So I know a lot of people who were uh, part of that in the United States that would send the boxes over. And we had the privilege of uh, distributing them to needy children, uh, whether it was in refugee camps, whether it was in Ramallah or different places. So I've, I've been a part of that for many years, and it's, it's a great, uh, great ministry. That is so cool. Yeah, um, we just now are wrapping up for this year. But, you know, I think about you and some other churches I know that it really benefits people because I think sometimes we wonder, does it make a difference? And you shared with me that it does make a difference. 
It really does, um, because you're able to go and share the gospel in places that sometimes, and, and you do it in a practical way too. You come and you give something as a gift in a time, uh, especially in communities that are very needy. Um, and and you come in with that kind of, with a gift. You come in with a gospel message, um, and there's just there's a sense of appreciation for what's taking place, especially in that time and in that season. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the thing I want to talk about is we're going to be talking about Christmas and I want to talk to, I have you talk to us about not this year, but and we'll talk about this year when we're done. Uh, but the other years, the normal years of what it's like in Bethlehem, uh, to celebrate the birth of Jesus. But, um, I, I got to tell you, I, I know you got to remember this, uh, Pam and I, our first time to go to the church of the nativity, you brought us there. So we get there and I'll never forget. There's this huge line, like the big, big line. And I looked and thought, oh, this is going to take forever. And then what happened is you brought us to the door and the door, when you open it, you have to kneel to go in, right? Correct. Yeah. You have to kind of sometimes refer to it as the door in humility because you have to bow your head before you can actually walk in because it's very small. Correct. Yeah, which is just super like, because the door's like ancient and then you do have to bow to go in and then you go in and it's it's a church like you'd think of out of all of the archaeology you ever think about, like Indiana Jones or whatever. But then uh, Michael brought us and he said, wait here, wait here. So we're waiting and there's this huge line and Michael goes around and he comes and gets us and you took us up to the front of the line <laughs> and then you took us down for our own private time uh, down there in that spot where there's a star. And uh, I just got to tell you, it blew, I think I was more blown away how you got us to the front of the line than I was by what I saw. <laughs> you know, sometimes when you speak the language and you're able to communicate with the guys and you just you have only a few people there, they're kind enough to sometimes put you ahead and say, you know, you're not have to be a part of a 400 group uh, behind. So that, that we're very thankful that sometimes they allow for exceptions like that. So that was, that was a great, uh, great thing that was ha that happened to us that day. Yeah. And just so you guys know, whenever we get to go to Israel with Michael, I don't, it's not a tour, by the way, that's one of the things I, I love about being with him. He's going to take and teach with you and share things with you and we're going to pray and, and it's not commercialized. It's very real, uh, experience with Jesus. Uh, but then Michael just somehow knows all these people or is friends with all these people and, and like one time uh, at the Church of the Nativity, maybe you could describe it for us. Uh, it sits over the spot where they believe that Jesus was born. And then right off of that is Jerome's Cave, right? Correct. Correct. So tell everybody what Jerome's Cave is. Yeah, so you have two, kind of two caves uh, below next to each other. Um, one is to believe uh, to be the place of the birth of Jesus. And when you go down, uh, the steps to get down to where the cave is, you'll find a star there uh, representing like the 14 generations and uh, uh, to Christ. And then once you kind of walk back up, you go to uh, another church right next to us and you go down into another cave. I know this is, uh, try to visualize it with me a little bit. And that's where uh, Jerome spent time uh, translating the Bible into the Latin Vulgate, which is what's used today in the Catholic Church. Um, and he spent about 40 years down there uh, working on that, which is pretty cool. Um, and it's still uh, used today very, uh, very heavily. Yeah. And so I don't know, again, we're trying to describe something to you guys, but picture being in this just kind of a, a beautiful, beautiful, huge, dark, uh, ornate church with, um, and not overly ornate, but with uh, candelabras everywhere and, 
and uh, just this kind of cool lighting. And then you go down into a cave to be where Jesus was probably born. And it just, you're in a cave. <laughs> you're in a, an area that could have been a manger. And then you go up out of that and we, and Michael takes us over. We go back into another cave that dates back all the way. What year did you say it was when he did that? Oh, uh, I, 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 I'd have to look that up for you. I don't have it off my head. I'm catching you off guard, but it's like 300, 400. It's, it's, it's way back. And um, what's wild is Jerome, when it lived, lived there translating the Bible, and when you're in it, you can almost feel something. And then Michael arranged for me to be able to preach to our group down there, which was really cool. Uh, we don't always get to do that, but that was just super cool too. So um, it's just really been a blast to be with you there. Tell us, I, I, want an, I want people to kind of get a taste of, a feeling of what Christmas is normally like in Bethlehem, especially through your eyes and through the eyes of your church. Yeah, it, it's actually phenomenal. Um, since I was young, uh, we'd grow up, uh, we'd go to Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. You'd walk, when once you even drive in, you have all the lights uh, in the town. As soon as you start coming up, whether you're coming up from where Shepherd's Field is or coming from the main entrance of Bethlehem, it's all lit up. Uh, so we'll give you a kind of an imagination as if you're going there on Christmas Eve and uh, you're walking in, people everywhere, um, Christmas music playing, just a lot of celebrations going on, different Santa Clauses, all this happening at the same time. And then you're as you're driving up toward the church, um, you get right to what we call the area of a major square and there's a huge tree that they'll have up there. Now, back when, when I was a kid, there was a little bit more flexibility with uh, other countries coming in and you would get groups and choirs that would come all over uh, the world from Africa and from Brazil and they would be performing. This was when I was really young. And I remember sitting up there and you'd hear the gospel being shared or music sung in many different languages. And it was just a phenomenal thing. And right behind you is the church and the nativity. Um, and then later, uh, now a few years back when the Palestinian authority came in, it became a little bit more localized where you had a lot more uh, people that are, um, not so much international, but more local people that are coming to the, the event. So on Christmas Eve, uh, you would come hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people uh, would be coming out throughout the day. Um, they usually light the tree on like December 15th, but there's always activities going on every single night until about January 8th because the Orthodox celebrate on the 7th. But on the 25th and on the 24th is kind of the big day. Um, and we have had the opportunity as well to go, well, let me – before we say what the church has been able to do there, when I was a kid, that that's kind of the, the fun part of it is you'd go and you'd stand there and listen to these groups, uh, these different teams and the music and the, the gospel being shared. Um, and the great part about it is you're not limited. So the people who are standing there um, are Christian, nominal Muslims. You, you don't know what background they're from. And at the same time, the gospel is being proclaimed freely, which is just absolutely phenomenal. You know what I think about is the whole idea when the angels appear, they said, you know, peace on earth, goodwill towards men. And you're describing a moment, usually at Christmas Eve, where you have Muslims, you have Christians gathered together, actually celebrating Christ together in a peaceful setting. So peace on earth, right? Absolutely. And, and you know, for people on me kind of uh, wondering how, why is it that Muslims are okay with it? Because... Really, they, they believe in Jesus as a prophet, but they don't have a problem with the birth. I think more it's when it comes to the crucifixion that there is a little bit more conversation to be had. But 
for, for Christmas, it's really a celebration. So families will come out to Bethlehem, even if you're a Muslim family, and you're still kind of enjoying it and you get to listen to the music and, um, and you're kind of seeing what's going on. Um, you have nominal Christians as well who are there, maybe never heard the gospel message. And we as a church have had, like you mentioned at the beginning, have had the opportunity uh, for a few years to go there and as a church uh, have, the, uh, have, have had the opportunity to sing as a choir uh, uh, and share the gospel freely uh, in front of the entire group, uh, in front of the people who are there listening. And it's, it's so, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a privilege really to be able to do that. And you're not limited really in any capacity on what you hear, what you sing. So, uh, Michael, you and your wife, Jackie, lead worship, and I know you love doing that. You're gifted at doing that. What's it feel like to lead worship in Bethlehem on Christmas Eve? I don't think you can ask for a better feeling to imagine the church nativity behind you or to know it's behind you and then the birthplace of Jesus. I have that visualized in my mind to be standing right there in Manger Square on the stage uh, with hundreds of people in front of you worshiping our Lord and Savior I, there's nothing better you can ask for. I mean, that it's it's hard to explain, I think, and to put it in words, but what a privilege it is uh, to be able to do that. And what an honor, really, uh, to sing and praise our Savior uh, in a, such a unique spot where he came and uh, in the flesh and was born uh, in Bethlehem. Yeah. Now, you know, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to back a little bit, even though it's the same topic you just brought up. You know, um, sometimes I feel like people, when we get to Israel, you and I, especially when we're together with people, I always warn them uh, to, to actually appreciate the the the, um, the the huge churches that are built over the sacred sites because they protected those sites. You know, they, they meant today we have them. Like, you know, when you took me to Golgotha and there was a bus stop there, that was like heartbreaking, you know. So at the Church of the Nativity protected a site that at least is probable. But I know when we went down there, I was surprised how I sensed something powerful going on. Do you sit, well, how do you feel when you get to go there, the place that, that Jesus may have been born or, or likely was born? How does that affect you? You're absolutely right. I think and that's one, I think one point that we miss when we come here or, or groups or teams or you know, they're wondering, well, I, you know, we're going from church to church, but actually you're absolutely right. You could have another apartment building there. You could have a parking lot there, but we're at least in the close vicinity of where the birthplace took place. So even like you said, it might not be the exact same spot, but you are in that general location of where Christ would have been born. You're walking in that same steps that Christ would have been walking in. Um, so it, it's just, it, it's, it's a unique feeling to have. And I think you're absolutely right. You you begin to appreciate the churches, even though they might not be kind of what I'm used to or what I wanted to see. But you appreciate why they're there now, because it protected something that we're able to celebrate now, or we may have not been able to do that uh, if it wasn't for those churches. Yeah, amen. And that's how, how I see it, too. And and once you get that mindset, it makes everything better. Um, so now we'll go to today. We're fighting the COVID virus here in California. You guys are facing it there. Um, tell us how uh, it's affecting your church in particular and how it's affecting your family. You know, it's been hard, uh, as it is in the States and on everybody there. Uh, we've had to adjust. We've had to change. Um, early on in March, when it first kind of came to our area, uh, we had to go to a more virtual uh, type of uh, services that we had to begin to hold, which was kind of new, new for our people. We, we never did that before. Um, and then uh, in Israel, they also even did a, uh, or both areas in the West Bank and Israel did a full lockdown. 
uh, neither congregation was able to meet. Then later on in the summer, kind of opened up a little bit, but it began to increase again. Israel went back into a full shutdown, even though we started meeting back in churches, but then they shut everything down again for us. And then West Bank, it's been a little bit more uh, open, where we've been able to meet in our services up to today, which we're very thankful for. Uh, there are requirements. Uh, by the health ministry that we have to abide by uh, within the church um, and the congregation, whether it's a separation of, of the people and masks and all that. Um, but we're very thankful for at least the opportunity to be able to be together, to worship together, to pray together. Um, and I think maybe we used to take that for granted before, and now you appreciate it a lot more once you really don't have that. Um, and we've been very blessed to be able to meet uh, within the church. And that's where we're at uh, today. Um, Israel is still kind of in a, in a lockdown. The West Bank is a little bit more open. Um, and we're just kind of taking it uh, really week to week, sometimes day to day to see how things, uh, what are ha what's happening and what new rules or restrictions might be uh, coming down. But at this point, we're, we're, we're very blessed. We have had some cases that uh, hit close to home in both our churches and our congregations. Um, everybody so far has recovered, but it's... Um, it, it, it's, it's hit close to home a little bit for us as well. Yeah. One of your pastors, you said, uh, really got, had severe, uh, um, symptoms. So is he, how, what happened and how's he doing? You know, he, uh, uh, came from work one time and one day, and then he went to his family, started getting a fever, wasn't sure what it was. He just thought he just wasn't feeling well a few days in, uh, really wasn't doing well, went to the hospital, uh, found out he had a lung infection and COVID together, which really uh, was kind of a, a hard duo. Um, ended up having, really, they had to put him in a kind of a, a medical coma where they were able to, his body was just not responding to the medical treatment. Um, was an intensive unit for at least uh, three weeks, I believe. Finally came out of it um, where he's not tested for COVID anymore, but he is still trying to recover. We're trying to get his organs all back working but he's still in the hospital. I think we're going on about five weeks now. So we're just praying for him and for his family. But thank God that he's 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 doing better, but it's been a very slow process. We've had a couple other pastors in our area who have uh, also uh, gotten the virus and a few people in the congregation. But I think he was, he's been the, the hardest case that we've had in our, the, 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 the head close to home. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, right now, uh, the plan is, and I hope it stays that way, that Pam and I will be with you in June, along with the team from Crossroads. And we're hoping that still works out. So we're actually acting like it will. We're <laughs> acting on faith. We'll be there to be with you. Um, so I just love you. I love your wife. I love your church. Uh, I want to thank you for being on today and giving us a taste of Christmas in Bethlehem. Uh, but I want to say this, man, we just love we get to partner with you guys. Thank you. We, we love you guys, too. We love having the groups here uh, when they come in. And you're such a blessing to our community, especially when you guys do VBS. The kids look forward to it. They register uh, months in advance, uh, knowing that you guys are coming. And it's just it really is a great time having you. Um, and then I, I love being a part of the team as you go along and kind of hand in hand, me and you together working and, and teaching throughout all the sites. And that's all. That's always a lot of fun. So we love you guys and we appreciate everything that you do for us as well. All right. Well, say hi to your mom and dad and say hi to Jackie and God bless you. And thanks for being on. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Chuck.
All right. Well, I want to tell you, if you've never thought about going to Israel, and this isn't just, we didn't have them on for this, but you need to think about it. It's life changing. Uh, in Deuteronomy 11, 11 and 12, it says, but the land to which you are about to cross and possess it, the land of Israel, the promised land, is a land of hills and valleys, drinks water from the rains of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from beginning even to the end of the year. God loves the land of Israel. And you can't go there and not experience the Lord in a powerful way. And I believe, as you heard Michael and I share together, you can't go to Bethlehem and not sense Jesus in a way that's moving and in a way that opens your eyes to the reality that he came and he was born and, and he was born in the manger, just as the history teaches us. It's real history. It really happened. And and so at Christmas time, we're celebrating the, one of the greatest events that ever occurred uh, uh, in all the history of mankind and in all of eternity, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. May this year be a year you celebrate that together. We'd love to partner with you and be with you and connect with you so that we could all have this year be one of the most meaningful Christmas you've ever had. The virus can't rob it from you. Commercialism can't take it from you. Jesus has it for you. So I want you to think about that. And I can't wait till we're together again. God bless you and have a great day.